I heard a lot of, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't, I, there's nothing special about me. There's everything special about you. Everything. I don't care what your talent is, what your hobbies are. Everybody has gifts. It's just a matter of figuring out what they are. And I think that is the biggest thing. A lot of women in their 40s, because we've been taught to nurturers, providers, supporters, you know, we're the strong friend. You know, we give to everybody else, but we never think about ourselves. Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamikaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Joining us today on the podcast, we have Quinn Brewington. Quinn is a writer and digital marketer with more than 30 years of experience in corporate communications. She's a midlife mentor and the founder of Sister Lady Girl and what she likes to call the second act ecosystem. Today, Quinn uses what she's learned to teach working women over 40 how to rethink, relaunch, and reinvent themselves by leveraging the internet and their many years of knowledge, skills, and experience to earn extra income for their expertise. Quinn, welcome to the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm looking forward to this conversation with you today. Oh, my. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. And so you don't know this, but I'll share this with you now. I've been following you online for a while now. (laughs) Really? At least I'm going to say I've been following you online for at least maybe all of this year. I I don't know when it is that I discovered you, but I've been following you for a while. And so I love the content that you share there. And obviously you speak to women that are over the age of 40. And so since I fit that narrative, you know, obviously I'm drawn to the content. So I don't know, whenever I did reach out to you to finally ask you to be a guest on the podcast, you posted something that day. And I was like, why hadn't I reached out to her yet? I was like, okay, I'm just going (laughs) to take the plunge and reach out. What's the best that she could say? Yes. And that's what you did. I did. I'm not the person to say what's the worst. I'm like, what's the best that she could say? That's right. And I was so happy that you did that. I mean, I love talking about this subject and talking to women about what they can do because, you know, when we get to be of a certain age, we think that we're kind of like maxed our, maxed yeah. out our potential. Yeah, yeah. And I love to talk to women just like you, just like I was, Mm -hmm. um, to just talk about the possibilities and all the opportunities that exist for us. Yep. And that's really one of the reasons why I started the podcast and gave it the title Ageless Conversations, because I'm like, like, there's no limit. There is no age that defines like who you are as a woman, it says, okay, you reached the limit, you can't do it, or you're too young because you haven't reached the age and you exactly. can't do it. And regardless of life experiences, because our experiences look so different, like don't be defined by that experience too. Like life happens, life is always life, but you can mm-hmm. still move on and accomplish <laughs> that goal. Like that's, that's what I want women to know. Yeah, absolutely. I love life is always life. And <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> Something is always happening, right? It looks Mm -hmm. different for everybody. Seasons look different all the time, just as they change, you know, in our world with, you know, our four seasons, you know, life can just be life and and changing, especially if you're a parent, you know, kids are always going to, oh, maybe they're into sports in this season. Maybe they're not in that season. You know, your career is thriving at this point. Now you feel like you want to make a change. 
That's why mm-hmm. I say life is life. And it doesn't mean that it has to be bad, but it's life. And I guarantee you that. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, Quinn. And so before we really get deep off in our conversation, I'd love to just kick it off before we talk about, you know, the whole process of women being 40 and over. When you think back to being little girl Quinn, teenage Quinn, and maybe even in your early 20s, what's something that did you always have this belief that you could be and do anything that you wanted to? Did you believe that you could be anything that you, you know, wanted? I know a lot of times that's something that's said to children, like, you can be anything that you wanted to be. Is that something that you heard? And if so, did you believe it? I heard it, but I absolutely did not believe that for myself. I was, I don't know if I characterize myself as being shy more than being put in a box because I have this voice that people say, is very soft-spoken. Definitely Michelle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never heard that one before. <laughs> but but it's, it's got a quality to it, is mm-hmm. what I'm told. And so I think I became defined by my voice in a way because people will always comment on that. And after a while, it became, I guess, something that I felt was putting me at a deficit because mm-hmm. people didn't take me seriously or, you know, people thought I was a baby. I drove up to the McDonald's drive through once and they, and I ordered, I get to the window and they're all like looking out the window and they were like, we thought you were a little girl ordering. And I was like, Oh, oh no. come on now. Yeah. But I was like, you know, it's crazy. I've had some really odd comments about the quality of my voice, which, you know, made me a little bit, reticent to use it and I'm putting air quotes here to use my voice because I think there's an irony to it now because I'm so outspoken about women over 40 going for theirs yeah and you know now I get to use my voice in a different way but I definitely did not feel when I was younger that oh yeah the world is my oyster I was like what are y'all talking about (laughs) I I love that. I love that. And thanks for sharing that story. And I have to say, like I said, I have been following you online. And so, yeah, a soft spoken voice, but definitely with power, still impactful, engaging, still the message that you share draws you in you know, can draw a person in. Mm -hmm. So I would tell you before we even move forward to just keep on in that because you definitely have something to say. And I mean it's a it's a nice soft voice. I mean, just so inviting. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So yeah, on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know that you've dedicated so much of who you are and what you do now to helping women reinvent themselves, specifically the women that are over 40. Could you talk to me a little bit about how you got started on this passion? Yeah. I mean, it started as kind of a fluke, right? I had been in this place at work where I was trying, trying, trying to get to the next level. And I was being kind of just given the hand every, every turn that I went, every, every time I tried to go for a new opportunity, I was being told, you know, you didn't have the leadership ability. You didn't have this and you didn't have that. And so I was like, okay, you know, I took some time to process that because, you know, it's hurtful when, you know, you want to do something and someone tells you no, especially for someone like me who has kind of, you know, (laughs) steered away from rejection 
at all costs, you know, because I didn't want my feelings hurt. And then when I finally decided to go for it, I get told no. And so it was very, it was something that I had to deal with. And so after I got out of my feelings, I asked myself, you know, so what do you want to do? You know, do you want to just wallow in it or do you want to do something else? You know, I'm the kind of person that I kind of look at all angles. You know, most people be like, I'm going to quit. And, you know, it ran across my mind, believe me. (laughs) But I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give them the win. You know, I am driven. I'm competitive, even though I may sound like this. I am very driven to succeed. If you tell me no, I'm going to figure out how I can get a yes. So Mm -hmm. I ended up kind of doing a little bit of research. My company had a program where they would pay for you to go back to school and get your degree. So I was like, okay, well, if you're not going to give me this, I'm going to take that. So I got into the program, went to school, got my master's degree at the age of 49 and ended up, you know, using what I learned in school, which was like the most eye-opening thing that I have ever gone through. <laughs> you know, when I went to college all those years ago, the internet was barely a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it became the internet of things. And there's nothing that you can do today that is not, you know, that has nothing to do with your computer or your phone. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what I went back to school to learn because my knowledge at that point was 30 years old. So I needed to kind of update it. Yeah. And all that knowledge, it just was like so addictive to me. And I was like, Oh, I'm learning this. I'm learning that. And it just became this thing for me. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to know. And that's kind of how it started for me. And I was like, if I'm doing this, if I'm thinking like this, maybe there are other women that are thinking the same thing and they don't have the time. They don't have the resources to go back to school. So I'm going to do it for them. So everything that I learned, I went back and shared it with my community. So. And what type of aha moments would you say when you went back and share it with the community? What type of light bulb moments did you see happening for these women? I think the biggest one was I have options because I heard a lot of, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't, I, there's nothing special about me. There's everything special about you. Everything. I don't care what your talent is, what your hobbies are, what your, I don't know. Everybody has gifts. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of figuring out what they are. And I think that is the biggest thing. A lot of women in their 40s, because we've been taught to nurturers, providers, supporters, you know, we're the strong friend. You know, we give to everybody else, but we never think about ourselves. And so we kind of lose a sense of self and that thing that, you know, maybe we were excited about when we were younger, you know, maybe you were a great artist, maybe you wrote poetry, whatever the case may be. I'm helping women find that again. Mm -hmm. I'm helping women understand that, you know, just because it went dormant for a while Mm -hmm. as you, you know, were a mother or were a wife or whatever the case may be, it's still in you. 
Yeah. And so this, my program that I'm launching is designed to help you find it. And so, you know, I've been sharing it with a few women in my community and they're excited about it. And I'm excited that they're excited because you just never know. Like, like I said, I'm one of those people that is like, oh, gosh, putting myself out there is like the biggest kind of nerve wracking moment. Mm -hmm. But getting that feedback and getting those responses like, wow, this is truly going to help a lot of women Mm -hmm. has been the greatest thing that I could have ever asked for. So I'm excited about what the future holds. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. As you were speaking, you mentioned that some of the things um, that the women feel is like losing self-worth, even though you got that rejection or you didn't feel like you were advancing at work. Did you ever feel like you experienced a a, a little bit of, you know, losing your self-worth? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as you're trying to, I'll I'll just speak for me, as I was trying to get to the next level, I was doing all these things that, you know, at the end of the day, didn't really feel true to me. But I was trying so hard to fit. You know, I was just that round pig trying to stuff myself into that square hole. And I was just (laughs) like, what what am I doing? This doesn't even feel right to me. I don't sound right doing it. I don't look right doing it. And I just feel uncomfortable doing it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm here for a reason. I've been put here for a reason. And... I don't know what it was at that moment, Mm -hmm. at that time, but I still, I did not feel compelled to leave my job. I just kept thinking to myself, I know there's something else for me to do. I know there's something else for me to do. And now that I have this conference that I launched back in 2020, I did that while I was working. And so that has become a huge part of what I talk to women about today also is that, you know, we don't have to put ourselves in compromising position, you know, financially, right. you know, to get what we want out of this life, you know? Yeah, because I felt like that's one of the things that I saw a lot of from just just people and social media as a whole, especially when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. I feel like the narrative was more so painted around you can't, you can't have both. It's definitely one or the other. So either you pursue whatever your side passion is and whatever way it is that you monetize off of that, you do it, but you can't do it and work a full-time job. And I'm like, but why can't you do both? Especially like everybody that works a nine to five isn't, you know, upset about their job and there's still some pretty decent pays that come along with, you know, working a regular job. And so, you know, people sell this picture. It's like, oh, it's entrepreneurship. It's entrepreneurship. But it's a lot of people that carry that title, but they are, they're not necessarily profitable and they're busy right. from a social media standpoint. Like I call them busy bodies, always posting, always doing something. But, you know, the bottom line is, they're not really producing any revenue like that, but they'll still sell a story like they're Mm -hmm. happy. And at the end of the day, I'm thinking, "Mm, I don't, I know for myself, but let me see for myself. If I'm not making the same kind of money I'm making now or very close, like I'm not going to be happy just to say that I'm doing this thing. Just, just for the sake of saying I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt that same way. Like I said, when I was, sitting there trying to contemplate what my next move was going to be. And 
I was hearing those same narratives like, you know, oh, I made a million dollars and I've been an entrepreneur for three months. And I'm like, let me do it. But I mean, for me, (laughs) for me in my house, that was not something that was going to be feasible. I was not going to put my family in that situation of, you know, support me until I make it. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like. I still can make it and still hang on to my job mm-hmm. as well and hang on to my benefits. <laughs> it's like I've created a lifestyle, like the, the lifestyle that my husband and I have created for ourselves is like I'm not willing to I'm not willing to trade it. I'm not willing to lose not one piece of it because I enjoy mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. And you I'm know? in the same situation. And I think that that narrative is something that needs to be talked about a little more. You know, you can be a very successful sidepreneur, which is what I consider myself mm-hmm. to be. I have my business and it's, you know, no less of a business than, you know, a full-time entrepreneur. It is a business. Yeah. And I'm very proud of it. I do it on the side and I love it. And it does not keep me from doing my job at work mm-hmm. in a very odd, strange twist. I actually got promoted at work. And so now I have an even bigger job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to school was definitely something that helped me. And actually launching my side business was something that helped me too, because it gave me the leadership skills that. I was told early on that I was lacking. So I was like, people don't have to put themselves in a box. You know, you can go out and do for yourself. You Mm -hmm. know, I I was like, I'm not going to sit here and let people tell me what I can and cannot do. Yeah. So I'm going to go out and prove it to myself that I can do this thing. And I became more valuable to, you know, the people at my job after I did that. Yeah, I love that. I was I was looking at your page one day, and I happened I happened to come across a piece of content that said our age is an asset, and so I'd love for you to dive more into that and give me your thoughts behind that 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 concept. Absolutely, I said that age is an asset because you have so many earned skills, so much earned knowledge, so many abilities that you've used over the years and experiences that you've had over the years. And I think that sometimes we discount that because we're listening to society's narrative that tells us, oh, you're too old. Oh, um, you're experienced. And I'm doing air quotes as if experienced is a bad word. Mm -hmm, It is mm -hmm. not. It is the best word. That means that you have more to bring to the table. And that's why I say your age is an asset. That's what you should look at it as. This is your greatest asset at this point because you have so much that other people don't have. And so those years of experiences, those years that you spent leveling up, either personally or professionally, you can use that to build an amazing side business, an amazing side project, mm-hmm. bring an amazing idea to life. You just have to like turn that yeah. thinking around and say, you know, this is truly an asset. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah. I love that. When you were sharing, when you were sharing that perspective, it instantly somehow took me to the perspective of sometimes when people are applying for jobs and it instantly made me think about your college student 
someone who just mm-hmm. got out of college and they have this degree, but then you have this person. It's like the degree versus the non-degree. And so you have the person that has a degree. And so they come, you come out of college and you feel like, oh, I should get this job because I have this degree. I have this education. But then you have this person over here that has no degree, but they have the 10 years of experience. While you mm-hmm. have a degree, they have the experience. And most times the experience is going to trump the degree. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And so that whole thing goes with time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like for the degree person, you haven't spent the time yet. You're so fresh. You're new. So you don't really bring any real knowledge outside of the book. And they don't really, they don't teach you anything about the job. Whereas the other person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, when you have years of experience under your belt, I mean, you become nuanced. Right. You gain new perspectives. Mm-hmm. You're able to look at things from a different vantage point. You're able to think on your feet quicker. I think you're able to collaborate better. There are just so many benefits that come with being an older worker. I feel like, you know, I think it's so. beneficial in relationships, though, too. When we think about our interpersonal relationships and those that we interact with, um, mm-hmm. Like here, that's one of the things I talked about when I originally launched the podcast of like having friendships with women that were younger than me, as well as women that are older with me. And regardless of age, I feel like when women get together, there's still some core things that come up. Yeah. And when vulnerability enters those relationships, your experience is what I feel like makes you connect with your sister or that mm-hmm. other female even more and let her know like that she's not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it, I mean, a hundred percent. Like sure. we may not have the same story, but just letting somebody know, like, I see you, I hear you. Yes. Yes. And I celebrate you. And I think that is the piece that we sometimes miss, you know, mm-hmm. we get so caught up in what, society tells us we should be and you know like me I wasn't necessarily a success (laughs) on my job I did well I got good reviews but I wasn't in society's eyes I wasn't successful because Mm. I wasn't at that next level I wasn't getting to that next level and that's just one definition of success So what I did was when I went to school, I started learning that, you know, I can define success for myself. Mm -hmm. I don't have to listen to anybody else telling me what I could, what I should. You know, yeah, it is great to get feedback, to get people's, you know, viewpoints, to get their input. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it has defined you as a person. You get to do that. So that's what I did. Yeah. What are some things that you continue to do when you think about aging gracefully to enjoy a healthy and wealthy future? I have this thing where I call it my my success circle. And they are different personas, you know, and I don't necessarily have people that I like say, oh, well, yeah, you know, Susie Q over here is going to be my friend. You know, I don't necessarily do that, but I have what I 
define as like certain personas that I look for in people. Mm-hmm. And then that is when I kind of invite them into what I call my success circle to just help me level up. And so, you know, there's your mentors, there's the people that you model yourself after. There are people who cheer you on. They're just there to be your cheerleader, you yeah. know, for, and you may never see them again. You may encounter them one time and never see them again. But, you know, as an example, you said something about my hair before we started the podcast. You're a cheerleader for me because you hype and insist yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, then there are accountability partners slash coaches. And that's something that I advocate anybody to do. If you haven't done that, you need to get yourself coach mm-hmm. because that is truly the way that you're going to level up. And then lastly, there are just your supporters, those people who are going to, you know, actually pay for your services, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually so into what you're doing. They come out of um, the, they like the real, real fans. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can shout me out on social media all you want to, but, you know, if you're a true supporter, you're really going to sow a seed into my success because what I'm trying to do is create that 360 degree kind of thing where we're all, you know, yeah. sowing into each one of our own, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. success. So that's what it, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know earlier you were talking about too, you know, just with technology and the things, you know, that's going on with technology and how that wasn't a thing. And then today it is a thing. With the women that you work with, would you say that they're all familiar with like technology or do you find that you encounter some women where it's still like a resistance thing? I mean, because I might think that, you know, everybody is into technology today. But do you still find, even with this Gen X, that... I don't find that Gen X is resistant, right? I mean, as a matter of fact, I think Gen X is in a really ideal position because we are the generation that was here before technology. And we kind of transitioned through technology. Mm -hmm. And now we're using technology in a whole different way today. So if you ask me, I think we're the best generation because we saw what life was like before. Mm -hmm. And now we see what life life is like after. Now, the one thing that I see with some of the women that I talk to and support is that they don't really know how to use the technology. Mm -hmm. They use it, but they're not thinking about, oh, I can use TikTok to launch my business. You have like an entire marketing platform literally in the palm of your hand Mm -hmm. and it's free to use. And so I think that, you know, again, helping women over 40, helping women over 50 and even in their 60s understand how to do that is a game changer for some of them because they just haven't thought of it in that way because they haven't thought about what they can do for themselves because they haven't thought about how to extract themselves out of those roles that we've been given Mm. when, you know, we were younger, you know, we're the nurturer, like I said, we're the provider. And so now that we're moving into this era where some of those roles have 
you know, diminished because mm-hmm. your kids are older, you know, maybe your relationships have transitioned to, you know, maybe you've gotten a divorce. So some of those things that you used to be, you're not anymore. And yeah. so they have a hard time. So how do you help women that may be feeling guilty about this, whatever it is that they've experienced? How do you help them move past the guilt and get to a place of putting themselves first? Because I know that's something that, you know, as you keep mentioning, you know, people struggle with and it could be like a generational thing. How is it that you support them in that way? Well, I just, like I said, I have this conference that I launched called the Second Act Summit. And it really is a way for women to see other women just like them, everyday women who have transitioned from being one way to another way. I truly believe that if you see it, you can definitely be it. Mm-hmm. At the very least, if you see it, you can say, hmm, you can start questioning mm-hmm. and you can start, you know, wondering. You can start dreaming. And that's where it starts, right? You see the possibilities. That is what I'm all about. I'm all about helping women see the possibilities that exist for them because we're sometimes, I don't know, I've met a lot of women in my community, the people that I talk to, they're really resistant sometimes mm. to change. Do, do you think that's because of a fear? Is it just fear of the unknown? Yeah, yeah, I do. They fear what comes next because, you know, with all of the wonderful years of knowledge and experience they have some of them are just afraid of their own success because they haven't seen themselves as anything other than the nurturer and the provider they haven't seen themselves as the ceo they haven't seen themselves as the successful sidepreneur mm-hmm. so that's why it's been so important for me to bring together women in this community who can model that who can show them what that looks like, who can tell their stories and give them advice and give them input and make connections. It makes me so happy to see like some of the people who are following me who would probably never even meet Mm -hmm. in real life. Now they're getting together and they're doing collaborations. They're speaking at each other's events. They're following each other on social media. And I take pride in that because I feel like, you know, I'm connecting women and helping them see that, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is life after 40 after all. And it's doggone good. It's fun. (laughs) I remember, I remember as I was approaching 40, I was like so excited. I know that a lot of women get sad around that time and things like that, but I'm telling you, I was doing like a monthly countdown. I was super, super, super (laughs) excited to turn 40. And then when I turned 40, I was like, okay, but now that I'm in my forties, I'm 44 now. Mm -hmm. It's been the best season of life. Like everything about my 40s, I love. And that's not to say I hated Mm -hmm. my 20s and 30s, but 40 has definitely been something that I enjoy and like (laughs) still finding new discoveries about myself, you know? So Mm -hmm. I love it. it. It definitely hasn't been something dreadful for me or anything like that, that I, you know, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's so good to hear because for so many women, myself included, you know, I got into 
my mid 40s I think I was around about 45 or so mm-hmm. when I was like starting to feel like oh, what do I do with my life <laughs> and you know it was just kind of like I had gotten into this routine you know get up go to work take care of people you know come home take care of people get up the next day and do it all over again and I was just kind of like this is not what life is all about it yeah. can't possibly be <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'm just like going crazy and I think when I ended up going back to school I did my thesis all around you know women who use the internet and digital media tools to create new opportunities for themselves. And so that's what really kind of jumped everything off for me because I had no idea. I had no clue that all of those opportunities existed on my phone. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And so I just, the more, like I said, the more I learned, the more excited I got about what can I do now? How can I tell other people about this? This yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love that. Okay, Quinn, before I let you go and we wrap up our conversation, I just have four quick questions that I'm going to ask you. There is no right or wrong answer. You just respond with the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. The first one is describe age in four words or less. Awesome. think it's in four words or less. I think it's magical. At least it has been eye-opening and just exciting for me. Yeah. yeah. I love all of that. And I agree with all of that. This one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is, and age has taught me. My name is Quinn, and age has taught me that 40 is just the beginning of the next phase. Man. I so agree with that. (laughs) Like, embrace it. Oh, my gosh. Ask for permission or ask for forgiveness? Depending on the situation, both. Why put yourself in a box? I love it. Comfortable silences or nonstop conversation? (sighs) I I probably would go with the former. That's that's my genuine personality. I think I'm one of those people they call an ambivert, mm-hmm. where I can kind of, you know, turn it on when it's needed. But at the heart of me, I'm, I'm an introvert. And so, yeah. We are so, we are so much alike. We're vibing. <laughs> see, We're see, vibing. again, that's why I was drawn to the content. I'm like, this is, this is my person, you know, it's like, who is your person? Like, find your person on social media. Like, you are my person. That's what I'm saying. I'm the ambivert. That's me. That's me. What final words do you have for our listeners and where can they connect with you after this podcast? Yeah, I mean, feel like a lot of women out there feel like reaching their middle years and not having any idea what to do. It really sucks. And that's where I was. So I know (laughs) for a fact it does, but you don't, you're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to feel shame because, you know, society has said you should 
do a certain thing as a woman over 40 or you should feel a certain way. You feel like you feel. Mm -hmm. And that's what my group and my community is all about is allowing women to feel the way they feel and then giving them opportunities to figure out where they go from here. What comes next with no judgment, just celebration, just collaboration just appreciation and that's what we do in my group and mostly on instagram most days and that is at sister lady girl i'm also on facebook at that name but i do have a free facebook group when we're growing called the second act summit society and that's where i drop a whole lot more detailed knowledge and detailed information than i do on instagram or facebook this is where i'm doing my trainings. This is where I am, you know, providing information or talking, all kinds of things go on in that group. So if you want to get to know me better and get to know the women in my group better, Second Act Summit Society on Facebook is where it's going down. All right, Quinn, thank you so much for being here. I've enjoyed my time with you and just laughing back and forth. (laughs) I appreciate you so much, Tamika. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamikaMixier.com to sign up for my email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.